Thank you for listening to the CEO-ish podcast with me, Taylor Graham. And me, Chloe Willemson. Hey, you guys, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of the CEO-ish podcast. As always, we are Chloe and Taylor, and today we are back with another creator interview. We know you guys love these type of episodes, and honestly, we love them too because we get to talk and learn from some of the best up-and-coming creatives. This week, we're chatting with Imani King, who is a full-time college student and skincare creator, openly documenting and sharing the highs and lows of her acne positivity journey on social media. We dive into how she got into the world of content creation, tips for realizing your worth and monetizing your content as a small creator under 10K followers and as a creator of color, her best and worst experiences working with brands, red flags she looks for when partnering with brands, and how openly sharing her acne positivity journey has impacted her mental health overall, both good and bad. We know that you guys can't wait for this one, so we're just going to get straight into our catch-up session because we just spent the weekend together and we have a lot to catch you up on. So where do we start, Taylor? Dude, I don't even know. Should we start with Friday when I got into town, which was when we went to Mojo's, aka our favorite bar to ever exist? Yeah. Shout out to Mojo's. You're the best. (laughs) We've talked about this bar before. I don't know what episode, but it's a dueling piano bar in downtown Grand Rapids, and it's just so fun. We were there later in the night. I think when we went there before, we were there earlier and then we left or we went upstairs but we stayed downstairs with the piano bar and like towards the end of the night half the crowd was just like all dancing together and it was so much fun yes but yeah Chloe's not exaggerating like everyone was out of their seats dancing there were very few people sitting and it was just the vibes were so much fun and the pianists like they're so good at like working the crowd and getting everybody involved it was just so much fun so definitely my favorite bar okay I don't know. I've seen other dueling pianos before. These guys are really, really good because sometimes they're they're always really talented pianists. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you have to be to play piano like that and be able to play that fast. Like my gosh, watching their hands move across the keys was just mm-hmm. another experience. Like, wow. Um, but I've been to other dueling piano places where the voices weren't that great. So, but these guys harmonized so well together. And I'm wondering, are they like a reoccurring band that plays there? Like, were they the same band that we saw the first time? Do they have rotating sets? Like, I really yeah, don't know. Yeah, it looked like so when we got there, there was two guys playing and then one guy switched with a new guy. So I think they probably just have shifts. But I'm sure they all work together often because, yeah, they have great banter with each other. They just really work with each other really well. So I would be surprised if that was like their first time meeting. (laughs) If y'all have never belted Sweet Caroline in a dueling piano bar, you got to get on that white people shit. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good time. Oh my God. It it really was. Um, Not much happened Saturday. I mean, or not Saturday, Friday. I got in kind of late. Um, Both David and Oliver were with us. We had like a date night with our boys. It was fun. And then Saturday was when the real adventure started. We did a ton of shopping because we had a a photo shoot yesterday, which we'll dive into more later in this catch-up segment. Um, But we did a ton of shopping. And you guys, the most embarrassing thing of my life happened to me. While I was, Chloe's already, I'm already getting secondhand embarrassment from telling this story. Oh my gosh. Um, So we went to A, this Home Goods TJ Maxx, like dual setup. They were like a combined store. It was the most magnificent and overwhelming thing I've ever been in. I didn't know where to start. It was so chaotically disorganized, but I loved it and I want to go back. 
The line was not it, though. The line yeah. took forever. Yeah. The, the jacket was worth it. The jacket was worth it. Did I try the jacket on first? No. Was it too small? Yes. <laughs> um, still worked. Still worked. We made it work. Yep. It will definitely need to be exchanged, but it is what it is. You want to go wait in that line again, Chloe? <sighs> they at least get it moving quickly, so got to appreciate do. them for that. It was worse than a Zara line. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Like, Zara is pretty bad, too. Yeah. Tell your story, though. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. So we're leaving. We went to – I told you we went to, like, this Nordstrom – or not Nordstrom, but the TJ Maxx Home Goods thing. And then after, we went to Nordstrom Rack. And I bought the cutest pair of white boots there, you guys. Like, the iconic. You'll see them in the photos. Again, we'll get to it. Um, but <laughs> while coming out, carrying all of our stuff – I walked up to a car, which I thought was mine, and I proceeded to get into it, in which there was a man sleeping in the passenger seat who I scared the living shit out of because I got into his car thinking it was mine. Mind you, I'm also not a dumbass. Like This was at least the same make, model, and color as my car. Like I didn't just get into a random car. But yeah, Chloe and I went out the wrong doors of the Nordstrom rack and came out on the wrong side of the building and just walked to a random car they thought was mine. Uh, I don't know why their car was unlocked. I really don't. Because uh, also, it should be noted, I have a car that when I walk forward, like the keys, as I approach it, it will unlock my car. So that's why I just like got into it. Mm -hmm. Well, I was getting nervous when we were walking up because I was walking to get in the passenger side and I saw the door was wide open. He was sleeping on the passenger side with the door open. And I was like, And you said nothing to me? Well, I was like processing it. First, I was like- You let this happen to me. I was I was processing it on my own. No, first I was like, oh shoot, I left the door open. And then I saw his like knee and foot and I was like, there's a homeless man in Taylor's car. I was like, what the hell are we going to do? Um, yeah, it turns out it just wasn't Taylor's car. <laughs> I will never live down the secondhand embarrassment from that situation. Like I, this man and I just made direct eye contact. Like I could see, I think he thought I was a serial killer. Like I really thought he thought his life was about to end. And I was just like, I'm so sorry, dude. I just got into the wrong car and I ran away so fast. I didn't even get that man a chance to respond to me. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, yeah, he was... seriously like, it almost looked like he was having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I apologize to that man. If he ever hears this podcast, I wish you well. It was a mistake, <laughs> sir. We are sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and honestly, let's just continue the Saturday fails because Saturday yeah. from this point on was just kind of a giant failure for us. You know, there was just a lot of fails this weekend. We'll get into it. But yeah, let's start with Saturday's fails. So all in all, I want to say that Saturday was still fun, despite everything that had oh. happened in the series of unfortunate events. Definitely. So yeah, we had two of, so you know, my boyfriend and Taylor's boyfriend are friends. And they have two friends who have girlfriends who like, we've kind of been hanging out with. So I invited the two girlfriends for the I night. also think it's important to note that my boyfriend lived with these two girlfriends' boyfriends for two years. So that's how we yeah. all really know each other well. Yeah. So I invited them up for the night. One of them had like an hour drive. The other one was like an hour and a half. And we were going to go to Mojo's, hang out downtown, have a good night. We're so excited to take them to the yeah. dueling piano bar. So Their exciting. artsy selves would have loved it. Yeah, they're like very artsy, chill people. So we were like, you guys are going to fucking love Mojo's. We really hyped it up. Uh, we get to Mojo's and the line is wrapped around the building almost. It was like definitely at least an hour. And it's like, what, 40 degrees out. And we did not dress warm enough to stand outside for an hour. I would like to confirm that hoes do get cold. Hoes do get cold, okay? <laughs> this hoe gets very cold. Um. <laughs> 
but yeah, we were like, we are not waiting in this line. So we went to another bar, hung out there for a little while, got some drinks, and then went back to Mojo's, and the line was even longer. Yeah, that was a mistake on our end. I don't know why we thought that the line would be better. I guess, okay, in retrospect, our thought process was hopeful rather than logical, um, but it did make sense that we thought based off of how long the line was, and we had gotten there at the same time every single time, so we didn't think anything mm-hmm. by it. We just thought the upstairs level hadn't opened up yet, and they were keeping people outside for crowd control purposes. But no, there was just really that many people waiting in line because um, one of the other popular bars, so if you've ever been to Michigan or are familiar with the Grand Rapids area, all of the bars are kind of like on a strip or within like this four block mm-hmm. walking distance. So there were like six bars that were just temporarily closed, not even open. One of the other popular bars that a lot of people spend a lot of the late night hours at like between like midnight and like two, 3 a.m., their system was down. So they had to kick everybody out. And then all of those people ended up at Mojo's. And then the bars that were across the street from Mojo's, like directly, they closed at like 11. It didn't make Mm -hmm. sense. So we were just kind of screwed in the where to go department because there weren't that many places to go. And that because there weren't that many places to go after that, all the people that were down there just flooded to them and overfilled the space. Yeah. And also Mojo's is a bar that people hang out at. It's not just like, oh, let's go and grab a quick drink and then go to another bar. People, I feel like, tend to hang out there because of the live music. Oh, absolutely. Like the, before they got rid of the food prior to COVID, that would be a place people would go plan their dinner, start mm-hmm. their night there, like have a whole evening. Yeah. Oh, I hope they bring the food back. I want to have dinner there and just hang out for like five hours. Dude, I would so go at like 545, mm-hmm. stand in line for 15 minutes, make sure I got a table. It would I be feel so like that's what it. we got to do next time. But yeah, anyway, so we were downtown and we were like, well, fuck this shit. None of the bars are open. Let's call an Uber. No Uber. We were like, let's call it a Lyft. No Lyft. Let's call a taxi company. Immediately sent to voicemail. So we were like, fuck, we're stranded downtown. What are we going to (laughs) do? I called Ubers and Lyfts for an hour and a half straight. I still have eight pending charges from Lyfts that I had just canceled because we could not get a driver to accept our ride. It was tragic. It was just ridiculous. So I ended up having to just like wake up one of my friends who's the best. And thank you so much, Aaliyah, if you're listening for picking us up because we would have been sleeping on the side of the road probably. So we did make it home safe and she did bring us to the grocery store so we can get some more wine. So thank you again, Aaliyah. We also way over-purchased wine. Why did we all buy so many large bottles? We were all already drunk and we go to the grocery store and we're like, yeah, we should all get our own bottles of wine for sure. And we did. (laughs) And we each had like one glass and went to bed. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was just... (laughs) All in all, Saturday Saturday was fun, but just one giant mishap. Yeah. Yeah. If we if we knew the situation with Mojo's, we should have just had like a girls' wine night painting with a twist type of deal. But oh we yeah. Didn't know. You live and you learn. I hope they still had fun. I <laughs> hope so. I was embarrassed. I was like, I dragged you all the way out here and like this is you get drunk in my living room. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Oh, it is what and it then, is. Yeah. Then we slept, I, at least I slept like the dead on Saturday, even though I was on an air mattress, like I was con- comatose. Oh, same. Yeah, I, so since we were having like a girls night, I told Oliver, I was like, you know, it would be kind of weird if you're just like sitting in our room trying not to listen to our conversations, but it's right there. So you're going to be listening to our conversations. I was like, why don't you just go to Kalamazoo and hang out with your friends for the night? So I sent him away, which 
in retrospect, should have kept him around as a DB. Uh, but, but it was nice because Saturday night, I got the whole bed to myself. Shout out to Oliver for letting me be in his apartment for like four straight days. <laughs> the real MVP. <laughs> You're our roommate. <laughs> yes. You know, when I'm there, Oliver's our roommate. And yes. <laughs> yes. We live together first. Yeah. I still claim I lived you. with you longer. <laughs> Not, you know, you and Oliver are coming up on year three, though. That was how long we lived together. No, this is our second lease together. So we're about a year and not even a half. No, but I'm saying like once this lease ends, you'll be going on year oh, three, yeah. which would be how long we lived together in college. So yeah, you're creeping up on me. <laughs> oh, it's all right. All right, where do we leave off? I I was going to say our chill Sunday that didn't end up actually being that chill because we still did a lot of activity, but the activities we did were supposed to be chill. Yes. So (laughs) first, we got brunch. And it was the best brunch because it was a drag brunch at Hamburger shout, Mary's. So shout out fun. Victoria. We interviewed her. I will link her episode in the show notes. She was the one who recommended the place to us via DMs. We went. We are so appreciative. It was a blast. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun. Um, there was a man there celebrating his 93rd birthday with his oh my family. Gosh. It was so cute. So like all the drag queens loved him. <laughs> Can we talk about the guy in the gray sweatshirt though, who was like- yeah. The dra- I don't know if they pick like a specific person in the crowd like if there's like a designated seat and it's just that one person in that seat because it was like they all knew to mess with this guy you know but well it was because he was hot it, and they yeah. were like oh you're he, hot <laughs> he took it very well though he did. his girlfriend not so much her facial expressions people watching her while the drag queens were just hitting on her man was really really funny because you could just see the growing uncomfortability with the situation and uh, it really like they weren't doing anything bad like they were just being raunchy making funny jokes like they weren't touching him or grabbing him or anything like it was super respectful and it was so fun I mean one of the drag queens literally took out her fake titty and like (laughs) gave it to him it was so funny it was funny yeah I mean they were definitely being like raunchy jokes towards him but like it's a drag show that's literally what you signed up for oh yeah no you don't (laughs) go to one of those shows and that not be your humor like yeah (laughs) no (laughs) so yeah that was super fun I got some free tickets for next Thursday they're having some queens from RuPaul's drag show so I'm gonna be living my best life again I would also like to shout out our server at that um, oh my gosh. Restaurant. Yeah. He was the only server for the entire restaurant. His other staff member called off that day. He also forgot to wear his restaurant shoes. So he wore these hot pink, like the platform Ugg slippers that were really fuzzy and fluffy. And he was sliding all they over the awesome. place, delivering <laughs> people's food with a smile on his face, completely unbothered. And the man also had nails that were longer than mine. And I truly don't know how he was functioning as well as he was because I don't know how to function with long nails. Yeah. Yeah. When mine grow out like two millimeters, I'm like, that's good. Time for yeah. a trim. But he was awesome. And he did the most to make sure that everyone got their food, even though it was it was a chaotic situation. Like, I, I won't even lie to you guys. The food took forever to get to us because there was only one server. Yeah. And if there was only one server, I can only imagine what the back of house looked like. So just your friendly reminder, please be kind to your wait staff as you go out to eat. We are still in a pandemic and they are still facing labor shortages. And the people that are showing up are really trying to do the best that they can. Yeah. He showed up. That's all we can ask. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Then what did we do? Uh, we got dinner with my grandparents. They took us to Cheesecake yes. Factory. That was delicious. I was a little disappointed, though. What I ordered on the menu, they ended up being out of, and they had to come back like 15 minutes later when they had put everyone's order in, and I thought I was in the clear, and they were like, we don't have your food. And I was like, oh, no. And also, I'm really glad I bring this up because this actually happens to me way more often than you would think it happens to the point where when I told David it happened, even he was like, that happens to you a lot when you go to restaurants. And I'm like, I know. You must just order like all the popular stuff. I don't know. I like spicy food. I always order whatever's spicy. Tell you what, order the thing that's loaded with sauteed mushrooms and they will always have it. I would rather die than eat a mushroom, but that's okay. My meal was delicious. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, speaking of Chloe ordering food in general, I'm convinced that I could go to any restaurant and pick out what Chloe is going to order off of each section of the menu (laughs) before Chloe even knows what she's going to order. Yeah, we got bagels yesterday. Well, I got a bagel sandwich and Taylor was looking at the menu and she was like, you're going to get the Ramona, aren't you? And I was like, yep, I am. How'd you know? (laughs) Rule of thumb is if it's the thing piled high with the most vegetables, that's what she's going to get. She gets salad pizza. Yeah. And I say salad pizza because it will literally come covered in arugula. Like you won't even see the crust. Yep. I just love (laughs) me some vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) And then after dinner, we just hung out with some of our college friends. We had a bonfire. We got to talk to her a little bit about her wedding because she's getting married this summer and just... Got to see her dog in her house. And I don't know, a lot of our friends, it's so weird, are just in such different places in their lives. Mm -hmm. It's so cool to like visit the different people and see where they're at. Like Kat and Alex are literally getting married, have a house, have a dog, like the biggest yard I've ever seen in my entire life. Taylor and I are like, so drag brunch? (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to drag brunch and I am still in my parents' house. So (laughs) it is what it is. It is what it is. (laughs) And then Monday, we did the photo shoot. Oh, my God. First, we got some blowouts, which was awesome. I love our my hairstylist. I had no idea walking into the salon that I actually knew who she was. So that was such a pleasant surprise to me <laughs> when I looked at her and I was like, oh, hey. Yeah. Yep. I was recommended to her from some mutual friends. So mutual just connection there. did not know that said mutual friends were like my best of friends yeah. and that I actually knew these people. So yeah, but yeah, yeah she did awesome. a great job. Chloe's hair takes an hour and a half to blow out. Fun fact. Yeah. I just have a whole lot of hair. I, I think I told you guys it took her nine hours to do a full foil on my head. So I just have a lot of hair. I'm also, I can't even lie to you, dude. I'm pretty sure a solid half hour of your blowout was her trying to brush through that knot in the back of your head yeah. from the blonde. Yeah. Bleaching my hair really destroyed it. Like I cannot even brush my hair when it's wet. I have to blow dry it now. So I don't know. I was like, uh, can I get like a keratin treatment or something? Like I, I want to keep the blonde, but I can't keep the knots. Gotta to get this all out. of our blondies that listen to us, send Chloe your hair mask recommendations, yes. like your Please. deepest deep conditioning treatments. And she is going to throw out there too. What was it? Was it the Olaplex? Which Number one eight. Was it? Number eight did not work for her. It, it hasn't helped. And like, it has great reviews. I expected it to do something, but it did like nothing. Yeah. And her stylist told her she doesn't need the number three because she doesn't need a bond repair. She needs something to help with like detangling moisture. So send Chloe your hair mask recommendations if you have them. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, then we, well, I'll tell you guys about getting to the photo shoot. First of all, there's construction. 
around this entire building that we're supposed to go to. And if you don't know me, I am like the world's most anxious driver. Taylor drove all weekend. And so I was like, okay, I'll drive to the photo too. (laughs) Let's just back this up. I drove all of college. Mm -hmm. I just, I drove. It was just me. Taylor's the designated driver. I like... I like to not drive. So if there's ever anybody else willing to drive, and you know, there's some people that are like, I have to drive. So I love those people because I love to drive. So I don't mind driving. (laughs) But yeah, I was like, okay, my turn to, you know, do the driving. So I did. And I picked the worst time to do it. And I literally drove on a road that was closed. (laughs) It was like an uphill that was just fully like loose dirt. Okay, construction. And I want to actually add more context, okay? So the building that we were trying to access was surrounded by a bunch of one way roads. Mm -hmm. So the two roads that we could connect to to actually get into the parking lot of this building were closed and the other two were on the going the opposite one way directions of where we needed to be so we couldn't access the parking lot. And in many ways, it was actually almost good that I was navigating and you were driving, though, because I don't know that yeah. you would have found the dirt road. I'm actually a very good navigator because my mom, I don't know, my mom's just a good navigator. My mom can read maps like you would not believe. So she taught me to. And um, we ended up finding like this random dirt road that was like not labeled on a map. And I was like, take this. I'm pretty sure it leads to the parking lot based off of what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And it did, thankfully. But it was just so messy. We received no instructions from the person we rented the studio from. She didn't tell us where to park. She didn't tell us there was construction. We ended up being like, our photographer had a problem too. We all ended up being like 15, 20 minutes late. It was just, Mm -hmm. ugh. Yeah, we went like straight from the hair salon to the studio. So we were going to be like half an hour early way on top of it. Uh, We got there like three minutes before we were supposed to. So we were like, okay, great. Oh, yeah. And on top, there were no instructions as to where the keys were. The only Mm. reason we were able to find this studio in this like giant ass abandoned warehouse where it was built was because there was another photographer who had just finished shooting a different session in that studio. And she saw me aimlessly walking around the building, pulled over on the side of the road and got out of her car to come talk to me because she saw how (laughs) like confused I looked. And that's how desperate I was looking in that moment. So thank you. Yeah. Taylor, to- <laughs> Taylor was screaming and cussing at the empty warehouse building. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I had reached the point where I was in full-blown meltdown mode. We were, okay, huge anxiety trigger for me. I hate being late. I am someone who is always 10 to 15 minutes early to the thing I need to be at, even if me being early Like if someone says, oh yeah, party starts at one and no one else shows up, I'm going to be there at like 1245 because I have to be like, it's just an anxiety thing for me. So when we were already late, like I I was just done. I was like, oh my God, we're done. Like I'm, I'm done. I'm in meltdown mode. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm sweaty. Oh yeah. That was another thing. We finally got into the warehouse and I don't think that this building had been opened in a solid two weeks. It was like a heat wave. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Our last look was like both of us had a jacket on and long pants. I had like leather pants on and a fuzzy jacket. I was a little bit scared I was going to pass out. I'm not going to lie. I was dripping in sweat and I'm really looking forward to seeing how Rachel counteracts that one because there was just no way I wasn't like profusely dripping, like especially around my nose and ugh. Oh, I know. But I mean, the few photos that she showed us so far, we look awesome. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say, but she worked her magic because like the 10 previews we've seen, yeah. 
holy shit, you guys, you are not ready for these new photos, this new cover art, this new era of CEO-ish. Yeah, we're doing, we're changing our colors a little bit. So it's, I feel like it's a little bit more mature now. I was literally just about to say, I think we're maturing our color palette a bit. Yeah, less pink, more brown. I love our brown. Very earth-toned. Yes, we do love our earth-tones. It suits us. We're excited for you guys to see the new direction and definitely uh, follow the CEO-ish podcast Instagram account if you are not because we will be sharing sneak peeks all week and we mm-hmm. should have photos like the full gallery back next Monday. So by the time this or next week's episode comes out, you guys should see everything. So yes, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see what you do with these graphics. Oh, I cannot wait to draw all over them. It's going to be so much fun. I'm envisioning what our new cover art is going to look like already and y'all aren't ready oh I'm so excited but yeah other than that we didn't do any recording we meant to do some recording and we seriously like we're so exhausted <laughs> we're like, okay no, we're and done. I think <laughs> I think we were both because you kind of mentioned this and I felt it too I think we were both struggling just between enjoying our time as friends who don't get to see each other and hang out very yeah. often anymore and feeling like we should be doing more work-wise like with the podcast and recording because we don't get to record together in person very often but then also still accepting that like we were still working. We were there for a photo shoot. Yeah. We did a lot. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting because it really does feel like now whenever I hang out with you, if there's any downtime, I'm like, okay, we should be working. Like we're together. We should be working on something. I it's know. like, no, like I'm genuinely just like hanging out with my friend and that's okay too. I know because if, y- if y'all know Chloe and I personally, you know our favorite thing ever is to sit and do nothing and watch TV together in complete and total silence. Yes. <laughs> It's a beautiful friendship. Beautiful friendship. Yeah, we like to not talk to each other. <laughs> no, like we literally like to just sit in the same room for four straight hours and not mm. say a word to each other, yeah. but just enjoy each other's comfortable silence and presence. Yeah, you wouldn't think so because we started a podcast and shoot the shit all the time. Whoops. But um, yeah, we we love comfortable silence. Yeah, no, it's basically like we'll shoot the shit like this for two straight hours and then it'll just be pure silence. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. <laughs> well, other than uh, that, I think we are caught up, right? Yeah, I think that's all. I don't think we missed anything. I don't really have any work updates. I mean, I guess I have one. So I did lose a client this week. Someone turned in their 30-day notice, which was kind of a bummer. And it always sucks because like that's the kind of thing that like when you have contractors and things, you're like, <gasps> but... I sent out some new proposals. I followed up with some people who uh, had inquired with me and I had told put them on a wait list. So mm. I feel like that's all we can do. And I want to be transparent. Like I said, I always like to share these things when they actually happen. So you guys can kind of go in, go through it in real time with me because these are just things that happen to us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, and not everybody talks about it openly. And I know I've been seeing a lot more about like slower season. It's not so busy. The online coaching industry is kind of falling apart, etc. Like sometimes you just have a slower season and that is okay. So yeah, just keeping you guys updated there. But other than that, I really don't have too many business updates. Yeah, I have none. So I think we can just get into our favorite products. Yes. Do you want to kick it off? Sure. So it's fall, y'all, and I found the perfect fall candle. It is Sand and Fog Golden Spice Soy Wax Blend Candle. It is just the most delicious fall scent. I'm obsessed with it. It's giant. Like, I have it right here. Look how giant this thing is, Taylor. Can confirm she was burning it all weekend. Smells phenomenal. I I kept telling her her apartment smelled great. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm obsessed with it. It doesn't, I don't know if it says how big it is, how much it is, but yeah, this thing is huge. And I'm like more than halfway through it already because I am just obsessed. So where did you get it? I got it at Home Goods. Surprise, surprise. But the brand is Sand and Fog. Okay. Awesome. How about you? This probably is going to come as no surprise to you, but my impulse purchase of those white ankle booties from Nordstrom Rack, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I do not know if I'm going to be able to link these for you guys in the show notes this week. I looked them up on Nordstrom Rack and I could not find them. I found a pair from Steve Madden that are similar, but they have a pointed toe as opposed to a square toe. I have a square toe um, boot. But I will try to find them, or if not, I will link a pair that is super similar in the show notes so you guys can check them mm-hmm. out. But yeah, I hate to do that. I hate to put a product that I'm not sure I can link, but I also don't want to just share a bullshit product. Yeah. So yeah, and well, when you guys see these photos, you're going to understand why I'm fucking obsessed. Oh, they're the best. Um, I actually have the Steve Madden ones, but they're too small. So I need to exchange them for a bigger pair because homegirl's got some big ass feet, okay? No, I don't think you have big ass feet. I think those shoes just genuinely run small. Even I had to purchase a half size up. Yeah, it is what it is. I'm just tired of purchasing a half size up because I'm like, really? For real? I don't want to be a t- Yeah, I don't want to be feel- a size 10. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing though. I feel like that's the same kind of like weird body dysmorphia we have with like mm-hmm. clothes. Like why not just wear the medium if the medium genuinely fits you better and you feel like, cause when you put on a, or if you put on a small and you're like, for me, cause I can sometimes be between a small and a medium. Sometimes a small fits me great. Sometimes it makes the love handles pour out over the side. And I'm like, oh my God, I look terrible, but I refuse to be a medium. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same kind of like weird Stockholm syndrome. It is, with it that. is weird. Like, Even I realized that um, when we were at Nordstrom Rack, I was looking at their rings and like 95% of their rings were a size six, which fits my pinky. So I was like, just getting so frustrated. And I was like, my fingers are so huge. And I'm like, no, Chloe, you're just like a tall person. Like, of course, your hands are going to be bigger than someone that's 5'4". Of course, your feet are going to be bigger than someone that's 5'4". Like, hey, if it makes you feel better, (laughs) as a 5'4 bitch with really abnormally small hands, feet, and ears, I can't find shoes that fit me. I wear a children's five and a half. The fact that I was actually (laughs) able to find a pair of shoes in the women's section was miraculous for me. That um, is. I doubt they would have those for kids. I have to custom order all of my rings because I am a five and a half. They usually don't carry half sizes in stores and they usually don't carry anything below a six. I have seldom, very rarely seen sizes three through five in a store. I honestly didn't even know they made them that small. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. A bitch has some tiny fingers. A bitch has some tiny fingers. We have completely opposite problems. (laughs) I can't wait for you guys to see the height difference in these photos. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's really entertaining. It is. Oh, well. Do you want to do our small biz? Not really. Do you? All right. I'll do it. (laughs) All right. Today's small business shout out goes to Conscious Step, which is a sock brand that makes sustainably made clothes that gives back to causes that matter. Their mission is to create lasting social and environmental change. Every step they take in their product or in their production process supports farms and factories with fair wages, safe facilities, and sustainable materials. They have a wide variety of causes they support, ranging from childhood cancer, women's empowerment, restoring the oceans, providing meals and water, and more. You can check out all of their amazing products and causes at www.consciousstep.com. That's www.consciousstep.com. See, look at that. You nailed it. You didn't even need me. I did stutter a little bit, but it is what it is. Okay, I'm leaving that shit in. 
It's okay. I'm pretty sure I just stumbled over the word miraculous like two minutes ago. And I was like, mama, mama, miraculous. Mama, 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 miraculous. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. It's well, fine. I think that wraps up this ketchup portion. I hope you guys enjoyed. And we are going to dive into this interview with Mani. Hello, Mani, and welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you. Can you please start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you came into the world of content creation? Okay, so what's up, guys? My name is Imani. Um, I am a 19-year-old full-time college student by day, content creator by night, if you will. Um, so I started off, um, I like literally didn't have any type of correlation about like what content creation was or anything like that but I started just posting some type of skincare reviews on TikTok and then a brand reached out to me and they said oh we want you to be featured on our website so I was like okay like I even know like that type of stuff was possible so after doing that with the brand I created a whole new Instagram account and I started posting reviews on that one and that is how Chill with Moni came to be. I had no idea it started on TikTok for you. Yeah, it was just like some random stuff and it, it went from there. So yeah. Awesome. Because I know you're and the reason I thought that and this is just how my mind works is that I know your Instagram following is larger and has grown past the TikTok following. So I don't know why I thought the Instagram came first, but I think that's so cool that you've managed to grow it like that. Yeah, well, it started off pretty fast and it was just like crazy learning everything so fast, but it was all worth it in the end. So <laughs> so then pinpoint for me, when exactly did you start? I started like July of 2020, like when quarantine just started or it didn't start in like July, but like a couple of months after quarantine. I would say right around the time everybody was on TikTok at that point. Yeah, yeah. right, right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think exactly. that's about the time that I finally gave in and downloaded TikTok too. <laughs> <laughs> so we really want to dive into how you are openly sharing your acne positivity journey on social media and how that has both positively and negatively affected your mental health. Oh my goodness. it It's been crazy. Like these past few months have been really difficult, actually. When I first started talking about my acne journey online i was just like you know what there has to be somebody out there who's going through the same stuff i'm going through and in the back of my mind i always thought you know i wish i had somebody like myself that was so openly talking about it i didn't even know people talked about their acne journey online so when i started doing it and i saw a bunch of other people doing it i was like oh my goodness like this is so cool there's other people that i can relate to because i never really had that growing up so like i never i was never afraid to show off like my real skin or whatever. Like I was never really one to cover it up with makeup, even though there's nothing wrong with doing that. But that was, yeah, it, that was just never me. And I feel like when I was going through all my different acne treatments and all that stuff, my skin started to get better. I kind of forgot who I was as a person, if that makes sense. Because I always tell myself, like, I would never be the person I am today without going through what I have gone through with acne. And I feel like when my skin starts to clear up, I start to 
forget about some of my morals or whatever, if that makes sense. You, it's almost as if the acne is so part of your identity that when you don't have it, you almost don't recognize part yeah, of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And when I stopped taking my medication, my acne came back. It was like, oh my goodness, like I can't even, I don't even want to show my face online. Like, like I said prior, like these past few months have been really difficult. Mm-hmm. And I was even thinking about deleting my account. And I was like, yo, I can't even do this no more. Like, it's so frustrating doing all this stuff, going through this for so long and feel like nothing's working out for you. And I was like, how am I a content creator? And I deal with all, I use all the skincare. My skin still looks like how it was when I first got acne in fifth grade. So it has been really difficult, but, um, and I posted about it on my story one time and there was so many people that were like, oh my goodness, I know exactly what you're going through. And just hearing, just hearing that I can relate to other people made me feel really good. So it's definitely a struggle because there are those people that are like, oh, you can just drink water and it'll all go away and all this stuff, you know, just the ignorant stuff. But it's like, you know, acne is a medical condition. It's normal. So there's absolutely nothing you can really do about it. And I just wish that everybody like understood that so I guess that's why I'm so open to sharing it to like normalize it and let people know like you know sometimes it's not a quick fix everybody is different everybody's going to go through different stuff I think your message is super important because I think there's a lot of stigma around acne and people feel with acne feel like their skin is almost dirty or unhealthy and that's not the case at all you can have acne and still have beautiful, glowing, healthy, mm-hmm. radiant skin. Yeah. And so I think it's definitely important to have a community built around that. And also I want to go back, if you do not mind me asking, um, the medication you mentioned, is that mental health related or is that an acne prescription you were talking about? It was um, acne prescribed. So yeah. Okay. Because I mean, both could impact your skin either yeah. way. I mean, I know I've been on hormonal birth control and that can definitely relate to a ton of like acne related and cysts and things like that. Like women go through that all the time. So I didn't know what kind of medication we were referring to here. So I just wanted our audience to be kind of more in the know on your skincare journey in general. Yeah, I've been on a bunch of different stuff. So I feel like I've gone through it all. I know you said you started in fifth grade. That was pretty young. Yeah. And I remember it like it was yesterday. So now, okay, as a skinfluencer, because I feel like this has also become a very big problem with the amount of people that are on Instagram and TikTok and the self-proclaimed experts, if you will, because I know there's a lot of controversy controversy over ingredients and things like that. We're not going to get into that today. But if... there's somebody out there that is struggling with their acne like you are, what would you recommend as the best first step to really taking control of their situation if they want to, quote unquote, get the acne under control? Um, Just going to see a professional is like the number one thing I would recommend just to get, um, like just to get their opinion. But once you get their opinion, really do the research yourself, like follow your gut. If they tell you to take Accutane, if that's like the number one thing they go to really do your research on it and follow your gut because at the end of the day, like, yeah, they're trained professionals and all that stuff, but you really know yourself at the end of the day. So whatever you feel comfortable with, you got to do what's right for you, no matter what the doctor says or what type of esthetician says, like do your research and really look into what they're prescribing. Self-advocate. Yes. Yeah, most definitely. And also that, 
you definitely answered the next question because I was just going to say, what would your definition of like a skincare professional be? Is that like a dermatologist or an esthetician? Yeah, both, honestly. So, or like even like an acne specialist. I don't know if that like goes into like dermatology or whatever, but I've seen like those three individually and they all come with different things. So it's nice to hear other people's opinions on what they think would be best for you, but you know, you know what's best for yourself, so. Absolutely. All right. Well, transitioning a bit, because I definitely want to dive into your tips just as a content creator, because you have grown so quickly within the past year and you've been able to do what a lot of small creators struggle with, and that is monetize your account. So to start off, we would love to hear your tips for just realizing your worth as a small creator. And I think it's even more important to note that you're a creator of color as well. Yeah. So it definitely comes with like, time I feel like knowing your worth you really have to or at least for me anyway like um going through different experiences with different brands and people and hearing other content creators stories as well it's really like you know brands aren't our friends which is something I've struggled with I always used to talk to them like I was taught like I always thought you know I'm talking to another human behind the screen so I would talk to them like they were my best friend Like, they don't care about your feelings. All they care about is money, the content that you create, all that type of stuff. So you really have to be firm and strict with them about what you want and just getting the job done at the end of the day. So there's there's no need to be nice to these people. I mean, like, you got to be professional with it. That's what I've definitely learned. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point in terms of just you have to be professional and like kind in building relationships. But at the end of the day, it is a legal binding contract and you have to look out for yourself and make sure you are advocating for yourself. Because a lot of times, you know, especially with the bigger brands, they're sliding things into contracts that you necessarily didn't discuss. And I know a big issue with that is the media usage rights for influencers the brands won't mention anything about it and then all of a sudden it's in perpetuity in the contract and half the starting people don't even know what in perpetuity means and there's just a lot of taking advantage of in the industry yeah i don't even know what that means just for people that don't know in perpetuity if you see that in in a contract generally what it's referring to media usage rights and that means the brand owns the content for a lifetime and they can choose to reuse it and recycle it whenever they want however they want so 10 years down the line if you are a small creator who didn't know what that meant and you sold your content away in perpetuity 10 years down the line I'm not saying it will happen but it is a possibility that you could see your face on a billboard or you could see yourself in a really big email news blast and you might not have thought you consented to it but unfortunately you did and it's in the fine print so you have to be very diligent looking out for yourself and I'm glad that Moni brought that up yeah good to know So kind of to go off of brands trying to take advantage of influencers, we wanted to know if you have any best or worst experiences, obviously, let's not name names, but if you have any good or bad experiences that you want to share with us working with brands, we would love to hear that. My best experience was um, actually during the summer. So this brand reached out to me, like, I think in June and the connection was just really good like straight off the bat like I'm really into like really good communication and all that type of stuff so I really appreciated the fact that they responded back to me quickly and they really worked with me and um, I was really able to advocate for myself and what I wanted as a creator and what they wanted as a brand really making sure that everything was right so um, definitely a brand that I would work with again because the communication was just like 
a one like i was like thank y'all so much for working with me this was amazing plus there is it is so underrated to have a brand that just lets you have creative freedom and doesn't treat you like you're an advertising agency that has to follow this very specific brief like you know your audience best you know exactly the kind of light they like to see why they like your videos so let you run with it you know yeah most definitely and then my worst brand experience um I would have to say like my very first one that I like got into content creation with it didn't start off bad but like down the line I realized how important it was to really read a contract even like I skimmed through it but since I've never done anything like that before I didn't really understand a lot of the terms so um I gave them usage rights to the video that I I was literally spent like all day on that video because I didn't like I've never done it before I didn't know what exactly was wanted so um yeah it was published on their website and then I started seeing it all over Facebook and people would screenshot the video to me they were like oh my goodness I saw you on Facebook and I'm like oh that's kind of cool then like a couple weeks later I was like oh wait people usually get paid for stuff like that so yeah, I didn't get any type of money from that. And then something happened with them and they had to take that video down. So they can't use it again. But still, I felt taken advantage of. So yeah, it definitely it hurt. But you know, I learned some lessons from it. So you know how it is. I'm sure a lot of people have those experiences yeah. starting off. Mm-hmm. It's all fun and games until you start talking to other people, especially once you make connections and people are in the same campaigns as you, because that's how I started learning about how I was getting taken advantage of. I I remember for me, the first time that it happened is I ended up making friends and for with the girls in one of the campaigns and she asked me how much I was being paid. And I just looked at her and I said, you're being paid. And she just looked at me blankly. We both just looked at each other blankly. And I was like, wow, okay, I need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. So it happens all the time. Yeah. All the time. <sighs> well, speaking of that, what are some red flags that you look for when you're working with brands that you'd like to warn other creators about? Um, Really checking if the brand... <laughs> Like, this is some juicy stuff right here. I was like, this is the time to make that TikTok audio. Red flag. Red flag. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, really checking if the brand has good engagement on their social media platforms. Because I know some people or some brands will be like, oh, can we repost this photo and all that type of stuff. And like, you you can give like that. You can say yes, but you know, you saying yes, they can use that photo for anything. And or if they say, oh, for exposure or whatever, we'll give you products and repost your stuff for exposure. How am I supposed to get exposure if y'all have shit content or like shit exposure, like not exposure. What am I trying to say? Engagement. That's the word I was trying to say. So, um, and like, I, I don't, I don't know. Everybody's going to have like a different experience with each brand. But like, if I have a bad one with a brand, I'll like close to, post it on my close friends list because I have a bunch of other creators that I talk to a bunch on there and I'm like okay watch out for these people or if you feel like something bad in your gut about something like like don't do it especially if you didn't sign a contract like that's something I've learned over the summer oh don't yeah. do something you can <laughs> if the brand is not willing to sign a contract right. don't do it right exactly yeah so 
yeah, it's just um, like really pay attention to their engagement. And sometimes nowadays I ask um, some of my creator friends like, oh, have you worked with this brand before and all that type of stuff? Because, um, yeah, you never know. It's like it's nice to hear other people's stories and experiences. So I always ask before um, going through with a brand. Absolutely. You should always consult with other people that have worked with the brand or may or maybe have similar rates and audiences as you before accepting any proposal. Trust me. Trust me on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh. All right. So our favorite question, what is your favorite self-care product under $50? My favorite self-care product under $50 um, probably would have to be the bubble bars from Lush. I think they range from like seven to twelve dollars and i love taking a bath like i i could like chill in the bath like every single day you're not supposed to do that and i don't but like once a week i take a bath and um i feel like the bubble bars are just easy to like create some fast bubbles and they just came out with reusable ones so i've been trying to get or learn more about sustainability so instead of like um repurchasing a bubble bar each time i can just use that reusable one so yeah, like that's my favorite one. I'm truly shocked that it wasn't a skincare item, but I'm also not shocked it was a bath item. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Moni, where can our listeners find and keep up with you? Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at chillwithmoni, and then on TikTok, my username is imaniking11. And we will have awesome. all of that linked in the show notes for you guys as well. Mani, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We are so excited to have you. Thank you all so much for having me. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, we love you so much. Be sure you are following us over on Instagram at CEOish Podcast. We always post polls and episode updates and info about our guests over there. It's a great time. You should definitely check it out. And you should follow us on our personals, of course, at chloew.r and at taygrambiz. Make sure you're subscribed to CEO-ish wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're an Apple podcast listener, be sure to give the show a five-star review. It really does help us out. And we read every single one. And we will see you CEOs in the next episode. Bye. Bye.